If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hey friend, welcome to In the Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen. Just so you know, if you are new, this space is a very it's a sacred place for us because I always invite my guests on and I ask them to be open and just willing to share their stories. When we're talking about things up front and I'd like to see, you know, what guests I would love to bring on the show for your enjoyment and also for your growth. That is one of the biggest things. Are they willing to share their stories and also their strategies and of course their wisdom? So people in one way or another who are transforming their lives, that's what you get here in this space. But it's not just about their transformation, their challenges or their setbacks, but it's the individuals who also are using those experiences and shaping them into a greater purpose that serves others. And let me just tell you, today's guest is no different. Charles Clay is an inner peace coach, author, and founder of Freedom From Pain Coaching. After a serious snowboarding accident, he integrated modern day science with ancient healing practices to achieve his optimal healing. But I'll tell you, it wasn't just the physical healing that took place after learning more about Charles's story. I saw that this entire experience also led to a larger spiritual awakening. I cannot wait to dive into his story, and I'm so glad that he's with us today. Charles, welcome to the show. Yes, glad to be here, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about this life-changing experience and how that accident impacted your life. Can you walk us back to what that was like and, and really how it impacted you in the long run? Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of people can relate to those. There's those moments in our lives that are just a game changer where it shifts the trajectory of your life and brings a new level of awareness that would forever change our lives. And this was one for me. So as people are listening, you can think about some of the most painful experiences you've had or the most challenging you know, events you've experienced and how you've gained, or maybe you're in it now. And there's so many lessons and blessings to learn from this. And so my most physical pain that I experienced was 2008. I, um, you know, I graduated from my university, Washington State, with my degree in kinesiology, and we found ourselves up in Mammoth Mountains snowboarding on a crazy day. This was full-on blizzard. Like you couldn't even see 10 feet in front of you, a blur of a tree. And there was snow coming from every which way. We were already at the top of the mountain and they shut down the lifts because it was so dangerous. And we kind of looked at each other. We're like, well, there's one way down. Let's charge and stay low, be ready for anything. And so we're flying down this mountain and it was super fun until I went off a jump that I didn't know was there. And I felt like I just went off a cliff and I had no idea where the landing was. It was just this white abyss and I tensed up, freaked out. As soon as I hit the impact on my low back, felt like I just got hit by a lightning bolt. And it was just like a level 11 on a 10 scale of pain that I started yelling, hoping I could reach my friends. And they were already ahead of me. They couldn't hear me through the muffled snow. I look at my phone and it's dead. And here I am in the middle of a blizzard in immense pain, can barely move. And it's in those moments that it's like a, you find another gear, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, 
channeled the inner Spartan warrior and was able to just click off my board from my boots and actually sit on my board to slide down as far as I could. I'd feel over, breathe into the pain for a while. And eventually I made it down the mountain and, and that began the journey. Then I had to go see, you know, different doctors and they're showing me x-rays and, and giving me the bad news. And they were telling me the same thing. You know, you're, your spine is so out of alignment, you're going to need surgery ASAP, or you might never move the same again. Mm. And for someone that really appreciates the human body, these sensory suits, that was the worst news I could have gotten. Mm. And even in a state of fight or flight, I accessed my intuition and just chose a different path. And, you know, I, I decided not to go under the knife. And I remember that meant uh, a challenging road of self-healing that opened up a lot for me. Uh, I remember being in my apartment in San Diego, I could barely crawl to the bathroom. I was in so much pain. And I finally just started surrendering one by one to these emotions that I had been resisting, feeling mm. earlier on, like uh, fear, if I would ever move the same again, shame, couldn't even stand up straight, let alone get to work or do anything productive. And that's kind of the how we wore the badge of, you know, you're valuable because you're doing a lot. Mm -hmm. And so all these paradigms started just crumbling for me. And um, I remember sitting in a pool of tears, you know, even some grief from loss I'd experienced earlier in life that I hadn't processed. And, you know, like after a good cry, there's deep clarity. And in that, I was able to just really set an intention in a meditation for receiving all answers to healing naturally. Ooh. And in that meditation, with that intention, literally a friend I hadn't talked to in over two years sent me a text while I was in meditation and said, hey, I heard your back's messed up. Check out neurokinetic therapy and KT, the work of David Weinstock. And this took me down a rabbit hole of like, what? This is amazing. He's figuring out how to get answers from the body through muscle testing. And it connected so many dots for me that I knew uh, this was a path for me. And I got in touch with him. I got him on the phone. He was in the Bay at the time and uh, set me up with one of his top students in San Diego, Christina. And I went and saw Christina with my first session. And I remember walking in looking like, Shakira stuck in a mid hip dance move, like my hip over to one side, my upper body's over to the other. It was embarrassing. And that was a representation of how out of alignment I was with my purpose at that time. Wow. My body was manifesting and displaying that mm -hmm. because here I was a personal trainer, health coach, taking on like 10 clients a day, you know, running on coffee and full steam. And then on the weekends going out numbing emotions with sex, drugs, and rock and roll and all the things. And so that eventually caught up to me. And of course, the universe gives you the the feather, you know, the little like, hey, you might want to make some changes here. <laughs> but it takes things. a blizzard to really get yeah. all attention. Right. It was like, well, I didn't pay attention to the feather. And then it's like, you get hit with a brick a couple of times. And then it's finally like, yeah, I need to make some changes here. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of people can relate. I even intentionally meant to change a lot of things, but kind of fell back into old patterns. And so that's when it was like the equivalent of getting hit by a Mack truck on the mountain in that blizzard that day that really cracked me open to some deeper healing modalities and, and a, a deeper path spiritually. And so mm -hmm. I remember 
she got me on the table. She was testing different muscle groups. She had me push down with my foot to test the glutes and there was no functioning there. I was like, that's weird. Like trying to activate my glutes and nothing's happening. She's like, yeah, all form, no function. And I was like, wow, that's weird. And she had me clench my jaw and then retested the glutes. And all of a sudden the glutes were back on temporary. And I was like, interesting. So my body had just showed us that the neurological traffic jam was in my jaw overcompensating for these big guns, the, the glute muscles that weren't getting the signal. And later to find out, you know, all the metaphysics behind the jaw, we often told anger, resentment, the energy of even revenge can be stored in the jaw or trauma, that clenching. And, and it's, um, you know, related to our limbic system, emotional capacity. And so as she, you know, puts on these gloves and she's like, I know we just met, but I'm going to have to go in your mouth. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So she's releasing my jaw muscles and it was so painful. It was like this achy, you know, tight tension there. Mm-hmm. But after a minute or two releasing there, it was like opened up, you know, the neural pathways and all of a sudden my glutes are firing again while we retested. And we did that for a couple other um, muscle groups and compensation patterns that we corrected. And I got off the table and I was like standing up straight. I was, wow. I felt like dancing. I was, gave her a big hug and I said, I want to learn this. I'm coming back to you every week. I'm going to take all of David Warnstock's courses and yes. become certified in neurokinetic pain relief therapy. And that was my path. And so that's what I did. And it was amazing because it really elevated, you know, where I was at prior to that kind of, I call it like Charles 1.0. <laughs> <laughs> I use some of the same language. I love that. <laughs> and uh, and I, I love that part of me, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just funny looking back how you can connect all the dots that you didn't know while you were in the challenges. And so these painful challenges always yield the most incredible, you know, new levels of awareness, lessons, blessings. Mm-hmm. And so there's a way to, you know, activate our mind to find those like a heat seeking missile, you know, through any storm, through any challenge or adversity so that you don't have to perpetuate suffering. Oh my gosh. Well, I know the listeners can't see me, but I went from having like truth bumps to being in tears. I mean, my mouth was like my jaw on the floor as I'm like listening to this story. So many questions, but I love to be present. So of course I didn't store any of those questions away. But one, one did just come back to me because, you know, I talk about this a lot and people ask often if I hadn't gone through that tragedy, do I believe that I still would have accessed this level of growth? And my truth is, I don't know. I I don't know if I would have accessed this because it did come through the most painful experience in my life. Although I've experienced other trauma, that absolutely was the catalyst for me taking more ownership of my intentions around life. And it was, it was really a survival mode and desperation so that my son didn't lose both parents. But the reality is it came from that space. And you mentioned something that you don't always have to go through, you know, the deepest, darkest suffering to access that growth. Although these challenges and hardships can be, you know, the catalyst for that. What's interesting though, is the difference between going through a challenging moment and allowing it to be the catalyst for your growth or going through it and staying stuck there. And one of the things that you mentioned, which I think is very beautiful, and it's something that we really don't 
talk about enough, unless you do find yourself on this growth and this healing journey is how you can access your intuition so that you can start to move through it with very clear intentions, right? Because we can't be in survival state and growth state at the same point. And so if we can't be in both kind of noticing where you are and then choosing like what direction you want to go in, like, I mean, that takes a lot. It's, we think about how hard things are and strenuous they are from a physical standpoint, but like the mental and emotional strength that you have to have to really access your intuition in a way that's pure and then stay connected and grounded to your, your intention through that. I mean, it is, we know this because we're in the work, right? We're doing the work constantly, but for the people who maybe are still exploring what that looks like, what are some of the first early steps they can take to first access their intuition and become more familiar with it? Uh, great question. And one of the greatest tools for that is right under our nose the whole time, it's breath. And so using, you know, I use a 4-8 expansion breath. And it's a technique that I teach that's super simple, but in, even in conversation, you can use it so that when we're in fight or flight mode, which looks like, you know, the mind's chatter of, oh my gosh, what's in it for me? I got to get these bills paid and all these like millions of problems, right? It's like problem bill up here. But if you can take a few deep breaths and exhale slower than you inhale, like four seconds in, eight seconds out. Then you can drop from the mind into the heart and the intelligence of your body. And there lies this incredible wisdom. And so it's almost like the ego is like this loud, different voices in the head, right? And then if you can quiet that with some, some breath techniques like this one, mm -hmm. you can use and tap into the feelings and sensations and intelligence within your body. And so, because our intuition is usually that like quiet kind of like, ooh, this is it's like a, a gluten-free breadcrumb that the universe leaves you on your path to purpose and highest excitement and novelty, right? I call it vacation vibration. It's like the things that actually light you up, right? That yeah. give you that kind of electricity when you even, when opportunity arises, if you can tune into that intelligence instead of like already up in the mind, beginning to overanalyze it, all the things, mm -hmm. it's like, well, here's an opportunity. Like when I heard about, NKT for the first time, it was like this, wow, my body was like lit up. It was this yes. excitement. What is this? You know? And so paying attention to that, what's great about it is that this is a superhero power that we all have. Yes. It's <laughs> like truly. And just like, you know, we see in the movies, your superhero powers, they don't know what to do with them at first, usually. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so you can train it like a muscle at, in the gym. And what's easy is that you can train your, your connection with your intuition so easily by every time you listen to that quiet voice, that intelligence, that's like the expansive funk. Yes. Feeling. And every time you say yes to that and honor that and take that action step, you've just improved your connection with your intuition and your soul. Yes. 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 Charles. I like to describe it as your inner critic is loud and your inner guide is quieter because it's more gentle with you and it's not trying to dominate you. It's inviting you into a relationship. And so to your point, it may be a gentle little feather nod, <laughs> and that's usually coming from your inner guide. And if you, it feels very loud and it feels very aggressive, it's usually coming from your inner critic. Right. 
And it's hard to access that when we're in a million thoughts a mile. So that's why just using a, a somatic tool like breath to drop into the intelligence, your body to actually feel the sensations, then you can notice the expansive feeling or the excitement or the electricity that gets amplified when your intuition's giving you that, that hit. And I'm, yes. I'm a feeler, you know, my background's in kinesiology. So it's like, it's a, it's a feeling for me, you know, some people it's a, a, a quiet voice, some people it's a, a vision, you know? And so these are superhero powers that you can, every time you say yes to it, you're, you're building that muscle and that connection. Oh, and, and thanks for mentioning that, that for everybody, it's going to be maybe slightly different on how you start to notice it, but the stronger, or, or I would say the more that you pay attention to it, the stronger the relationship will get. And those signals will become a lot more clear. I use my intuition in business all the time. When I started to use it early on in my healing journey, it was like, I could, I, once I started to do it, I was like, oh, you can't turn this off. Yeah. Like once you become aware, you can't turn that off, <laughs> which is, which is beautiful. And I also noticed, and thank you for sharing that you had these raw moments where you were faced with a lot of different feelings from many experience, many life experiences. It may have been the snowboarding accident that brought you to your knees, you know, air quotes here, but it was when you were lying on the ground in the puddle of tears, been there, brother, for sure, <laughs> but being there and also recognizing how much, we'll just say stress as an umbrella, how much stress have I been carrying throughout the years because I haven't done the healing work. And I think it's very interesting to be in that place. I remember the physical sensation of crying until I couldn't cry anymore. And then I felt lighter. Yeah. It was interesting. I, I, did you experience that as well? Still, still do. And that's yeah. why we like look forward to those emotions when they want to move through instead of trying to avoid them because that's the choice. It's like these experiences that we we signed up for the full spectrum of emotions in this human experience and there's no outrunning it. It's either you resist feeling something because we've been taught that, oh, that expression of anger isn't appropriate here, or you'll get shunned or all these things, right? Or it doesn't look cool to cry in front of people or whatever it may be. That pushing away and try not to feel those emotions, that energy in motion, just get stuck as yes. issues in our issues. And then it will show up as pain or mm -hmm. signals. And I call it the check engine light pain of the body. Mm -hmm. And that's all happening for us. It's like energy that's no longer in harmony with your system. And it'll get poked and prodded by your greatest teachers. You know, it might be your so-called enemy or usually your loved ones, right? Yes. Any parents out there, you know yeah. your kids. Are <laughs> yeah. I think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family. Like, yeah. that's cool. like they know how to push your buttons, right? <laughs> Those are your greatest teachers. The triggers are the gateway to accessing these feelings that want to be felt still. And then what's even crazier is that the first time we experienced those feelings early on, it was a new novel experience. And we weren't usually given the tools on how to process them, mm -hmm. how to, you know, what is a constructive way of expressing anger or channeling that energy into something good or a release of that. And so this builds up, I call it 3D debris, right? And that shows up as issues in our tissues, pain, check engine light, but there's also tied in 
these stories that we create about ourselves during these situations the first time we're experiencing this, right? So it might be really young, your dad's yelling at you because you messed up on something, right? So something as simple as that, as an adult, we're like, oh, you know, that's no big deal. Of course, you get angry when somebody else is angry at you. That's a natural response. But if it's your first time feeling anger, you don't know what to do with this energy. And so we create stories and it's like, oh, wow, I must not be good enough. Mm -hmm. Right. That is a very common denominator that becomes a subconscious belief Mm -hmm. runs throughout our life and it'll show up in our business. It'll show up in our relationships. It'll show up in our, our health and all the areas because that story is still running in the subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. Until we go to the source of that, resolve it, pull it like a weed in the garden and plant some deeper truths. And Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough to, you know, this has been the majority of my work in the past, past decade or so is just discovering ways to go to the subconscious, release these limiting beliefs and watch as you do this inner work and let those emotions move through you. It's like this new level of liberation. Like you said, after a good cry, like new level of clarity. And then you also are free of these old stories that yes. aren't even true anymore. And then it's like, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden more money's coming in, mm-hmm. or you can go, go into deeper intimacy with your partnership, which allows for more pleasure and like, you can ex- say yes to your intuition more and go on amazing adventures and vacations. And like, and so it's incredible how this inner work unlocks a lot of dreams coming true. Oh, yes. I love this work so much because I get to witness people in this growth and witnessing their dreams coming true in rapid fashion. Just by doing this inner work, it shows up in their reality. And it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. You know, it takes me back to when you were talking about with her hands in in your mouth and we don't even realize how much our body is connected. And if we don't understand, fully understand as we are learning, but if we don't fully understand how our body is connected, can you imagine how much more difficult it is for us to understand the inner workings of our mental and our emotional and our spiritual well-being and how much that is connected? I'm a visual person. And so any kind of visual visualization usually comes up whenever I'm dropping into an intention, whenever I am, you know, uh, praying or manifesting or any of this, it's, it becomes very, very visual. And it especially comes up when I'm learning something new. Mm-hmm. And so when I recognize that any trauma or any stories or limiting beliefs that I was storing up inside that they were blocking me from so many other precious moments of life. What I started to notice is kind of like if you went to the doctor and they were like, Hey, you have high cholesterol. This is what happens in your arteries or this is, it creates blockage to your heart. So I started, I don't know why this visual started to come into my mind, but I just started to imagine how a doctor would tell you and show you the different blockages that are preventing you from having this optimal physical well-being. And by showing that they would say, okay, we need to, you know, flush out these toxins. You need to change your diet. You need to make sure. And they would prescribe certain things that you can do that would help that blockage to then just kind of like work its way out. And so I started to see that as 
whatever shame, whatever guilt, whatever, you know, forgiveness you haven't given, whatever, any of these things were creating an internal blockage that prevented me from experiencing all the other things that I wanted from life, all the good stuff. And I use that when I'm, you know, whether I'm speaking or coaching. And I think that that's such a great way for people to at least start to see, well, yeah, that makes a little bit of sense. If I know this physically, if I went to my physician and they told me this, I would accept that. And I would listen to the five or six things they subscribe. But what do you think gets in the way of people being able to really tackle this work and remove some of the, the blockage? Is there anything that you've seen in your work that has become the greatest barrier or most common barrier for people to really work through this? Yeah. You know, it, it's different for everyone, but there are some common denominators for sure. There, there's a number of elements to this, right? So there's the emotional component. And if we're referring to pain, uh, you know, like in my experience, uh, that opened up a new relationship with pain. It was like, I recognized it as a teacher. It was the, the more intense the pain, the more something needed to change in my life. Right? Mm -hmm. So you imagine those, like the bowling alley when you're a kid and you have those like padded, Things yeah, the, the gutter blockers, I think yeah. they're called, or something. Yeah. <laughs> also, it goes down the lane. Yeah. It's it's kind of like that, where it's when you can see it as a signal, a check engine light from, you know, just like in your car, mm -hmm. we're pretty diligent about going and getting our car serviced and changing yeah. something when that check engine light comes on. But when it comes to our body, we've been trained and conditioned that like, oh, okay, it's time to take a pill. Or mm -hmm. it's, you know, go get your prescription or numb it out with alcohol or go to the fridge and stuff it with something or mm -hmm. check out and go escape from it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And so this is the consuming conditioning mm -hmm. that we've been taught to deal with these pain or heavy emotions, challenging mm -hmm. feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So we haven't been taught in school any tools for emotional intelligence, man. <laughs> and, and so it's like, we just didn't know this then. And what's great is now there are some really powerful tools available. And mm -hmm. what's cool is that each of those heavy emotions, those challenges, you know, you can choose every time it gets triggered, I'm going to avoid it again, use the coping mechanisms of the mind. It's like the mind will give you a Rolex of band-aids, like hurry up just get on Instagram and get some dopamine you know, yes. yes. or like anything to avoid this. When you avoid it, it's just perpetuating and keeping it stuck. Right. Or you can choose, you know, I offer an inner peace process and it's a step-by-step -step process for going to the source of where this is coming from in the first place mm. and what stories were created in that younger version of you and then how to provide the love, support and safety to that younger version of you that's that they're calling for that part of you is calling for and in doing that it's like just like the example you use you go see the doctor and your arteries might be a little clogged it's like providing energy back to those parts of you that have just been like lost in these old stories and these experiences that they didn't know how to process yes so it's a great way to make peace with our past and heal childhood trauma and it's a step-by-step -step process that people can use to heal their own trauma. Mm. So it's fascinating because when you finally discover the gold that lies in the depths of these heavy emotions, whether it's grief or even anxiety, like after that experience in 2008, 
it gave me this curiosity about like, well, I felt this freedom on the other side of feeling these emotions. Like what else have I been avoiding? And really took a look at that. And then, cause up until then I had Charles 1.0 was like, I was stoic. I just like turned the switch and was like, I control my emotions. I'm not letting anybody rattle my cage and mm-hmm. nothing bothers me. And that's yeah. almost like a badge of honor that people think, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm cool totally. as a cucumber always. <laughs> yeah. And it was a huge upgrade from being a loose cannon as there a, you go. a yeah, yeah. adolescence, you know, like I didn't like that part of myself. I would just overreact to, to things and get into trouble. And so I was just like, flip the switch. Nope. I control my emotions. Nothing rattles my cage, but over time, I accumulated all this pain in my body and I was going to all the chiropractors, the, you know, physical therapists, the, the scientific backed, you know, ways of resolving pain, but it didn't, didn't get to the core of the problem. And so until I addressed the metaphysics, what was going on in my life, how that was showing up in my body, as well as the emotional component. And so those are three key elements that I address in my healing practice with people is giving them empowering tools to use for themselves to understand, wow, these are, this is the message that I've been uh, giving my body, right? Like even, even believing the, oh, I'm going to get old at 50. And then my Mm -hmm. my body starts deteriorating after then. Because you've been told that if you believe that, then that becomes your self-fulfilled prophecy. Literally, literally. Right. I mean, like placebo effect proves this. And Mm -hmm. so knowing that be very diligent about the beliefs that you are digesting and absorbing and taking on. And so that's the thought patterns that just continue to perpetuate that we allow. And when you slow that down, it's like you get, you can identify even the thoughts and Mm -hmm. just recognize, Oh, that's just a wave going by. That's not me, but I used to identify with that negative thought and then it would create a terrible feeling in my body. And now I can just let it go by. Or if there is something that's not in harmony, incongruence, like anxiety, this is a great example because a lot of people can relate to this. Mm-hmm. This day and age, I was inspired to try something different because it had gotten so bad over the years. I was like, I was able to hide it from people. I think maybe some people can relate. It's like, you know, it's the butterflies, the nervous feeling inside, but I didn't want anyone to see that. Mm-hmm. And so, I got good at just kind of putting it under the rug, right? And I would just deal with it. But it was this lingering anxiety and it started showing up more and more in in experiences. And so finally I was like, well, I've tried avoiding it every way possible. Let's invite anxiety in for tea. Anxiety, right? And (laughs) it was like, I had this huge awakening by sitting with this feeling of anxiety that I had avoided for so many years. It was, it was literally like recognizing an old friend that had been pounding at the door, trying to tell me an important message, right? And mm-hmm. anxiety is, is simply, even that word can have a charge. It might feel like nails on a chalkboard, mm-hmm. constricted nature, based on our experiences previously of that. But if we break it down, it's simply energy and energy is information. And so there's this information that my body's been trying to tell me for so long, I've been ignoring it. Let's let it in. And as I sat with that, it was amazing. It was like meeting an old friend that had been knocking at my door and he had an important message for me. And first he helped me take a look 
face first in my biggest fear. And that's mm. usually where anxiety is stems from. It's like not trusting in the process of life and, and fear. And so it helped me look face to face with my biggest fear, which was deathbed regrets. Mm. Like literally knowing that how temporary these lives are in these bodies, like eventually it's going to be our last day here. And so many people on their deathbed have reported, you know, their deathbed regrets. Yeah. Of like, Man, I wish I would have not had to take this idea to the grave or this message on my heart or, you know, would have written that book or done all the things. Right. And so many great ideas go to the grave because of fear. And so recognizing that it was like this superseding fear that was lighting a fire under my butt and, and inspiring me above all the like fear of rejection. Like if I share this, what are people going to think of me? Fear of judgment. Like all those became like super minor fears compared to this superseding fear of having deathbed regrets of not playing full out in this life with this sensory suit that I'm gifted with. So that lit a fire. And it was like, as I sat with that energy, it was super uncomfortable at first, mm -hmm. but then it was like, Hey, now you've gone to the depths of this and there's gold, like deeper understandings of myself mm -hmm. and recognizing that, man, that's right. I have these huge ideas that I want to share. I have these programs that can help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so I got to work on that. And it was astounding. It was like, man, thank you, old friend, for yeah. showing up. And then anytime I've, I'm still human, I feel anxiety now, but it doesn't have the same charge. Right. It's like the feather. It's like the, ah, oh, I, I understand. And the message is whenever I'm choosing over consuming instead of my creator consciousness, mm. that's when I get the knock at the door mm. from anxiety. So I think a lot of people can relate to this because we've been conditioned that there's something wrong with us and we need to seek something externally. And so we need to fulfill it externally, right? So every time I was over consuming, whether it was food, alcohol, in, TikTok, in right, whatever. <laughs> you know, like books, uh, all, even that is consuming. And so every time I was doing that over creating, mm -hmm. then anxiety would show up at the door. And now I appreciate that energy and that friend because it's like a little reminder and it's not scary anymore. It's like, oh yeah, thanks. That's mm -hmm. right. I have this that I really want to share with the world, right? I have this idea to, to bring to life. I have this message on my heart that I want to share. And so that inspired me to create the laser focus method, freedom from pain, all these courses that have gone on to help people empower themselves with self-healing tools and it's been a game changer. Thank you so much for diving into that specific space of anxiety, because I do see that a lot in friends, in clients, in myself. Right. And I just had a, a conversation with a very dear friend who has struggled with anxiety for most of his life and no lie, Charles, just in this conversation, he said, the biggest shift in his healing journey and what helped him to better understand himself and to deal with the anxiety was exactly what you just said. He learned that anxiety is just energy. Yep. And when he learned how to, instead of trying to eliminate 
anxiety. He changed the way that he interacted with it. And again, his exact words were, he realized that the source of it was always fear. I cannot wait for him to hear this message. He's like, see, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, confirmation. Totally. That just means that more people need to hear this and to understand that and to you know, not feel like you are held captive to anxiety in a way that feels debilitating, but instead changing the way that you engage with it is going to open up the way that you are able to heal, to grow. And just, it, cha it changes the relationship altogether, altogether. Right. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. So I have a couple more questions that I want to be mindful of, of getting through with you, because again, so many new ones are coming up throughout this conversation. Um, but, but here's one that I, I find just very interesting because everybody has a slightly different take on this. Do you think that inner peace is a luxury? Interesting question. I think it's actually more of our natural state. Mm, tell me more. Yeah. I feel like inner peace is more of our default natural state. Mm. And then Life throws you curveballs, and those curveballs are like adventure opportunities for growth, right? Every challenge is a growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what's interesting is that when you see it as a dojo, it's all like a training, right? In this human experience, love is the lesson. And so when whatever challenges are coming your way, if you can access that greater intelligence, I use breath work the breath techniques to calm my nervous system and find the eye of the storm. Mm -hmm. And then you get good at dealing with, you know, the, the chaos, the storms, the crazy situations mm -hmm. uh, from the eagle eye perspective, I call it. It's like, you know, the, the seat of awareness instead of getting so wrapped up in it, you know, who is it that's witnessing these feelings and emotions and thoughts Right. And so then it, it's an always an opportunity to know thyself, right? Like anything that knocks you off of your inner peace is a dojo it's training and it can be welcomed. And so it's an opportunity to find your center again, come back into the intelligence of your heart space, your body, and find the eye of the storm so that you can choose to respond accordingly instead of just reacting from the minds programs and, and a huge difference in decision-making in that space. Absolutely. Being able to show up in life and make decisions from a place of clarity and composure are like, are you kidding? That's what we all hope to achieve. And I appreciate you saying that because I think that again, this world has probably clouded our vision and, and it makes us think that I can't, I can't achieve that inner peace. I mean, I've, I have heard people say this. I've seen people write comments that something is wrong with me. Something's broken. I can't get there. I can't get there. But really what you mentioned earlier in our conversation is unfortunately, we've just been using the wrong tools to find the inner peace because essentially those tools of Netflix or donuts or shopping right. or what have you only avoid what we really need to get to the root of. And at least in my 
healing journey, I felt that every time that I faced a very hard emotion, it actually made me feel more powerful. And I experienced this taste of freedom because the very worst case scenario for me was I was going to go to a dark place and I wouldn't find my way out. And every time I was able to, and I think it's because when we give ourselves that space to do so, we actually do return to what you just said is our natural default state, state, which is that place of inner peace. So thank you. Thank you so much. One more question for you, if you don't mind. I love how earlier you mentioned that you set an intention. And when you set that intention, the answer came. When we don't see an immediate answer, what I've learned to do, um, because normally we think, well, the answer is no, or I don't know. We start to try and figure it out so much that we almost start to create more problems for ourselves, right? I have learned to release that and say, if I don't have the answer now, the answer is on its way. And I just trust and believe that the answer is on its way. But since I've really strengthened this relationship with my intuition and I now trust myself more, I believe that those desires of my heart or those intentions that I set, that they're there for a reason because they're already in my realm of possibility. And so now manifestation doesn't sound very woo-woo anymore. It sounds like that's a real tool. I don't know why most people aren't using it. And I'll give you a personal example. I live in the area of a, a great region where there's a lot of events happening, wonderful companies between uh, Philadelphia, New York, Baltimore, and DC. But most of my speaking engagements, I'm on a a plane. I'm heading out to Texas or to California. Love those states. But recently after the new year, I thought, you know, I've had just a couple within driving distance and those are great. I love to be within driving distance because I'm still a single mama. So to drop my son off, run up to New York and then come back, that's a great day. Right. And so I set this intention. I want more local, uh, regional, I should say events. I was thinking about it. And then within 48 hours, the next one came. (laughs) I was like, Oh, Okay, well, I guess that that's happening. I wasn't thinking about it too much. And I was like, wait, no, I want more of this. And then again, within 48 hours, I got the contract of another one. I was like, whoa, this is like, so I'm constantly reminded through just some of these small ones that no, the desires of your heart are there, but like bring yourself up to the, the frequency, the energy frequency to receive. Do you have any fun stories of something that you manifested or sent an intention for, and then you received that? I would love to share that with our audience. Absolutely. I mean, the first one that comes to heart is uh, kind of a fun one. And, and it, I think it illustrates the power of intention. And what's cool is that this may seem woo-woo for some, but it's actually been proven in science too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they've done studies on groups where they had a group that just focused on intention alone, crystal clear intention, and they studied their DNA and watched. And there was minimal change there. They studied a group that had feelings of gratitude or a heightened state of emotion it was, right? And they watched their DNA, not a lot of change. But when they combined the two, then they witnessed like magic happening. It was like the group that had an elevated state of emotion with a crystal clear intention, all of a sudden their DNA was like unraveling, different genes were turning on. It was essentially becoming more energy than matter and opening up to the quantum field of possibilities. And so this gets to be really exciting because you can use this to your advantage. And when we're not aware of it, then we're always manifesting, mm-hmm. right? But we're just manifesting more of- Our worries. Problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, 
another great science bridge to spirituality is the reticular activation system. And this has been, I'm sure you're aware, you know, it's a, it's literally a place in our brain that is like a filtering radar system. It's like, there's thousands of stimuli coming in every millisecond. And so the brain has this reticular activation system that's set to what's actually important and to filter that. So when we're not aware of this and we're not using it, it's like you wake up and you declare, man, it's going to be a rough day because I I didn't get a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Then you just set your reticular activation system to finding evidence of that being true. Yep. To noticing everything that supports that thought. Yep. (laughs) You stop your toe getting out of bed, you spill your coffee, you're ungrounded, Mm -hmm. someone's stealing your parking spot. Mm -hmm. These things keep ensuing. But a lot of people have experienced this when you're like, man, I I really like that new blue Tesla SUV. That looks cool. I want to be the only one in the car with that ride. Right. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them everywhere. And (laughs) pulls up next to you and you're like, whoa, it's not that they weren't there before. It's that now it's on your reticular activation. So knowing this phenomenon, we can use it to our advantage and you can use it by being more intentional. Mm -hmm. So elevate your state of emotion with a couple breaths of gratitude, what you're grateful for, your kids, roof over your house, those elevated states of emotion combined with a crystal clear intention. Like I do this before I go to the closest place to hell. You know where that is? No, where? The DMV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some people call it the closest place to hell. And so before I even go into that building, or hospitals, mm-hmm. I set an intention. Mm-hmm. I elevate my state of emotion with gratitude because otherwise we just unconsciously succumb to that like zombie energy, mm-hmm. get your number, sit down, waiting on your, everybody's on the phones. Like mm-hmm. it's this weird, like low vibe energy in there. Instead, I set mine, reticular activation to some vacation vibration. I want to have fun and, you know, share some laughs and smiles and, in hell, if I'm going to be there for a little yeah. while. So, so I go in there with that intention, sit down, drop into a meditation. Once I get my number and the guy next to me, young guy has a knee brace on. I said, man, what happened? Are you kicking too much butt or what? And uh, he's like, oh, I wish ACL injury. And I said, have you ever tried meditation for healing? And he's like, no. I said, yeah, I hope meditation helped me find the answers to healing naturally with my back injury. Happy to share the same one I used. He's like, cool. And then this other girl chimes in before you know it, we have this like domino effect of people that are sharing smiles, deep conversations. And by the time my number got called, I walk up there and I said, Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to see you. You know how long I've been waiting. She's like, you know, the ladies that work there. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, what? I got, and I pointed to my watch. I had a watch at the time that just said now, and it didn't actually keep time. And she was laughing. It was the first time I've ever seen anyone in the DMV laugh like that. <laughs> and she goes, my husband has so many watches. He doesn't have that one yet. She called over a friend. <laughs> they came over to watch. So I shared a laugh with like eight people in mm. the closest place to hell. And so anytime I go into hospitals, it's the same thing. I roll in there like Patch Adams. You know, if you're in that movie, it's great. Yes. It totally creates a novel experience. Mm. So you can literally, that same feeling that you get when you book a vacation and you get that electricity of like, you're saying yes to your soul's craving of novelty and new experiences. 
you can create that on a daily basis, even in a cafe you've been to a hundred times mm-hmm. you can go in there and just go through groundhog day, order the same thing, do the same thing. Or you can set your intention, combine that with some gratitude, have a deep conversation with the barista, just mm-hmm. set the intention for giving love and watch what happens. Like oh new novel experiences, conversations, people chime in. And at the very least, you might notice that you end up getting a lot of free stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Coffee's on me today. <laughs> donut, you know, it's like these things happen when you set your intention and your reticular activation to the things that you want to feel, create and experience. Mm-hmm. And then it shows up in your experience. So for people that are dealing with challenges, anxiety, heavy emotions, life's throwing you curveballs and you're in it, start with these three questions. These are really powerful questions that can take your mind from the usual programs of like Problemville mm-hmm. and actually give this brilliant technology a task. It's like, you know, look for the things I love yeah. the most. Like, what is more things that I can see that I love? You know, if you start your day like that, then you just start seeing them everywhere and and you fall in love with life again, you know? And so if you're in it, you're in the trenches, you're in a challenge, these three questions can be very helpful because it turns your brain on to be in a heat-seeking missile to receiving the answers. And the first question is, how is this happening for me? Mm. That is a big one because that can literally take you out of victim mode, which is like, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And that victim mode prolongs suffering yes. longer than necessary. So it's taking you into, I'm responsible for my experience. Mm-hmm. And how is this happening for me? I know there's some lessons and blessings in every challenge. I know there's growth opportunities. So show me how this is happening for me. Mm-hmm. And then second, what are those lessons and blessings? What am I to learn through this? And the third one is what wants to change in my Mm. life. And then when we honor that one, it's, you can have rapid growth. And so this is how you can use your mind as a beautiful instrument of the heart and just set it to the heat seeker missiles for like answers. And like you said, you might not get them instantaneously Mm -hmm. like I did with the the meditation, but if you're patient, it, they'll show up in really synchronistic, interesting ways. Oh, divine ways, divine mm. ways. Just like this conversation, it felt so divine. Charles, thank you so much. I love that example of manifestation because some people will quickly think, oh, I want to manifest six figures. I want to manifest a new house. I want to, ma-. and they think of these big, just, you know, superficial almost. And, but you can even manifest a good day. Yep. and a good experience. And I appreciate you just bringing us back, grounding us in that space, because that's really what shapes the quality of our life. It's not in those big hits. It's in the little moments. And Absolutely. I appreciate also how you said that we can use our mind as the instrument of the heart. Did I get that right? Beautiful. Beautiful. I feel very fortunate to live during a time where we're sharing these tools. We're sharing our wisdom and our lived experiences through so many different platforms. And I know this conversation, this one right here is going to help so many. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If people want to connect with you and learn more, where should they find you? Yeah. Charlesclay.coach there. You'll find more about the inner peace process. I mentioned the laser focus method, as well as uh, those that are on Instagram 
It's the same, uh, charlesclay.coach. Feel free to reach out, connect with me there. Shoot me a DM. I'm happy to dive deeper on any of this and I love to connect. So appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of the gems that you did today. Absolutely. It's an honor. This has been In The Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcast 